Tuesday. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. So much to talk about today. We've been talking in depth about the David Tepper press conference. Keep those texts coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. But right now it is time to go to the campus. Kona! NC State fans, I'm sure, are happy today via Corey Smith reported on X that NC State freshman wide receiver Kevin Concepcion, also from Chambers High School, my alma mater, formerly of Vance High School, has signed with Savage Wolves NIL Collective for the 2024 season. The record-setting playmaker is set to remain with the Wolfpack next year. And this was a guy that I was almost certain was not going to come back to Raleigh next year because I thought those big SEC bags, those big, big 10 bags, those big, big 12 bags were going to come in for him and take him right out of Raleigh. But he says he is staying with the pack. So that's a tremendous pickup for them because state has been lacking in skilled talent for the last couple of seasons. So to be able to get this do-it-all receiver back is tremendous for them. And now they can build around Concepcion and whomever that quarterback may be for them uh, next season. Well, and think about, you said the last couple of seasons. I think most people would have continued to say that at the beginning of this year. Even we were discussing that on these airwaves. Through the first half of the season, Concepcion had 36 yards receiving, 24-62, had 116 against Virginia on the road, but then had seven on one reception against Louisville. Then MJ Morris comes in as the starting QB, and you see him start to go off. 160 63, 83, 60, 19 against Wake, 63, the big game against UNC, 131. But also in the second half of the year, Wes, that's when they started to rush him out of the backfield as well. The guy became a true weapon. I thought he was sensational against North Carolina. And if the conversation was NC State doesn't have a lot of skill talent, that was not true by the second half of this season. People will point to Brendan Armstrong in his play and the fact that the defense played so well also for this season's turnaround. All of that's true. Concepcion, just a big of a part of it because, man, when you have that kind of weapon, giving it to you all which ways, that guy's going to help you win football games. Yeah, man. Uh, the transfer portal is wide open. We saw Tyler Van Dyke from Miami jump in the transfer portal yesterday. Uh, Arkansas, his name escapes me, but he was an all-SEC first-team linebacker and Freshman All-American uh, has entered the portal. There's speculation. It's not official yet, but they are saying that Cam Ward from Washington State has already received 10 $1 million offers from various schools, including Ohio State, Miami, and some others uh, to come to their school. But he has transferred already, so that's going to be a little bit of a tricky situation. And where'd you say he transferred? I didn't see this. You said he did transfer. Oh, because he transferred to Washington State. Is yes. that what you're saying? Yes, Got he it. came from Incarnate Word. So how he ended mm. up there to start with is beyond me. I, I did want to ask this about North Carolina specifically mm. because I heard Flounder talking about it. And Fiddy, we can get to you as well. But with North Carolina moving on from the superhero QBs with Sam Howe and Drake May, both of those guys no longer going to QB for you. It's been a while since you've had anything close to an average QB in college football, but it, it, this is the opportunity for them to reach that now. Are they going to bring somebody in through the transfer portal? And if so, how much of a play are they to get somebody talented through the transfer portal if such a guy exists? Yeah, they may. I mean, like you said, this is all about 
the dollar. And so it's the Carolina alumni base. Are they going to fork up the money? Because when you look at the top transfer quarterbacks that are available, uh, there's Real Rogers from Mississippi State. He right now is rated the highest as a four-star. Max Brosmer from North uh, New Hampshire, I believe, is also up there. And then Tyler Van Dyke is now in the mix. So we'll see. But Carolina, they've been recruiting very well. Fitty, do you have any intel on what the Tar Heels may be thinking at the quarterback position? They got a crystal ball from the transfer portal 24-7 site today for Max Johnson, the A&M transfer. But I think he also, like Cam Ward, would be a two-time transfer. It's possible. I don't see them going that way. Connor Harrell was highly thought of when they brought up, when they recruited him. Um, his player comp coming out was, was Sam Howell. So if that's his player comp, it's really not a, a, a bad guy to live up to. Um, and I think it really depends on what the future of Mac Brown is. We'll maybe gauge the interest of the top flight transfer quarterbacks wanting to go to Chapel Hill or not. Uh, Fort Mill Niner helping North Carolina out by texting. They can have Trexler Ivy if they want to land that QB. <laughs> so there you go, Mac Brown. All right. The Appalachian State Mountaineers, they clinched the berth into the Sun Belt Conference Championship game as the East Division champ for the first time since 2021. When they travel to Troy next Saturday, they will be making their fourth appearance in the six-year history of the championship game. They've won two, lost one, tying Louisiana for the most appearances by a league school at the FBS level. App has now closed the regular season with a winning streak of at least five games on three occasions, 2023, 2021, and 2014. Joey Aguilar has been the catalyst for this offense. He is ranked second in this in a season in Sunbelt history and among the top five touchdown passers in the FBS this season. So uh, App State got a championship game in championship week this week. Do you think that they'll be able to get this thing done? Um, I think they absolutely can with the way that they've been playing. What what a remarkable turnaround for Sean Clark in the second half of the year. We had real conversations about him getting fired, and then he has the win against Southern Miss. Should have had that win all the way. Marshall, that was when you started to really see some progress, and they went out. Wes, I mean, that schedule was daunting. That was a – we tried to put it in perspective as much as we could – but you had so many tough opponents left, and they don't lose a single one in the second half. I, it's crazy how well they performed. They beat the hell out of Georgia Southern 55-27. They got the monster win against James Madison on the road, college game day, in overtime. They didn't shy away from the moment. Why should I pick against them now? App State's been so good, especially the second half of the year. You mentioned Aguilar, a guy who we didn't expect to take over. I didn't think he was going to be the starting QB. Yeah, he looks like a stud. More than earned it. More he needs than to jump it. in that portal and come on the Wake Forest. Yeah, I've but, heard uh, you say it a couple he's times. He's got 33 touchdown passes, so as I said, that ranks him second in the season in Sunbelt history. Now, going back a little bit because the big news, in case you didn't hear, Frank Reich was uh, fired yesterday, so we weren't able to touch on all of the great college football news, but from the weekend, the game. Talking about Michigan and Ohio State, that was a classic, and also another classic, Alabama and Auburn. Michigan won by six over Ohio State. Alabama won off a crazy fourth down pass by Jalen Milrow that got them the victory. 
And so which game did you enjoy more between these two this weekend? So I, I didn't watch the entirety of the Iron Bowl. I watched the second half of it. And I did watch the entirety of the game, as we've called it, and I didn't understand Fiddy's joke last week. But I did watch <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State in its entirety. It, it started off slow. I thought, okay, this is going to be a defensive juggernaut each team is facing. But then we really started to, to see both of those teams get into the end zone. I, I think it was just because of the last play I go Alabama in the second half that I watched. One, you had the excitement of, Auburn being a real underdog in this game, even if that game always delivers, right? Auburn's still a pretty big underdog. Where I could have seen Ohio State or Michigan win, I thought Michigan was going to win. That's who most people picked, but you could have seen Ohio State come back. I still think watching Jalen Milrow, they gave it away. They lost that game on two plays where he had the fumbled snap. And then when he took the sack, I believe those are the back-to-back plays to set yourself up for a fourth and 30. Alabama was going to win it, and then I was so sure they were going to lose it after back-to-back yard-losing plays. And then Milrow has all the time in the world. Well, how many did they rush, Wes? Two? I think they ran two. Two and had a spy. And they had a spy. Yeah. Are you worried about a 20-yard rush on fourth and 30? Is that what you're worried about? Nick Saban, after the game, said, believe it or not, we practice it. Which I thought the way he delivered it, I thought it was a great quote. He's like, believe it or not, this is something we practice, but admittedly, you have to have some luck. You stack the right side. You hope that Jalen Milrow has enough time with them only rushing two. And then you throw it to the left and then have a guy make a beeline over there in the corner. Great throw, great throw, but also awful defense. And that led to Alabama having lost the game in two plays got all of it back on a fourth and 30. For me, Wes, the play alone is what makes me pick the Iron Bowl. Yeah, both games were phenomenal. And to your point about Michigan and Ohio State, those games always start out like that because there's so much, there's so many nerves going on out there in the field. I feel like that they kind of feel each other out and then you start to get the offense as the game goes along. But again, it was Michigan coming out there and just physically getting after Ohio State and at the end of the day, they just warmed down. They got it done, and then defense got the job done for them. And Sharon, Sharon Moore got out there and outcoached Ryan Day in this football game. Michigan went for it on fourth down a few times. Uh, Michigan was three for three on fourth down. They also uh, they, they had some nice plays to keep Ohio State off balance. And Kyle McCord, man, I thought all season that he was going to be the reason that they lost this game. J.J. McCarthy hit some big throws in this football game, but I thought McCord was going to be the reason they lost it, and he had two interceptions. He did not play good enough to win this game, but I thought the Alabama-Auburn game, listen. <laughs> I had to a take a quick pause. pause. That's a as big I pop. watched that game, as I tweeted out, I was stupefied by what Auburn chose to do on defense. Not because you rushed three, but you have eight guys dropped in coverage. Why are you playing man? You had... Two or three guys doubled on that play. And then you have one-on-one coverage on the outside. Why? It's simple pursuit drill. Everybody play a zone in the back of the end zone. When the ball goes in the air, everybody converges to one spot. It was the worst defense ever. I said that my voice would have been hoarse from cussing people out. Probably fire the defensive coordinator on site. That was 
terrible. Auburn should have been able to get the win in that game, but they didn't. Jalen Miro got the play, and at the end of the game said, give me the Heisman. I think next year he's going to be the front runner for that game. Fitty, which one did you enjoy more of the two? Oh, as a closet Michigan fan, it was the <laughs> game. Because there are there aren't many things in life that I enjoy watching more than Ryan Day fail time and time again on the biggest stage. The guy was hand gifted a top three program in the country. And I know we took Ohio State to a national title game during the COVID year, and they lost by four touchdowns. So watching him get beat up again by Michigan was a lot of fun because no one thought the Iron Bowl was going to be any good until about the middle of the second quarter when it was realized, okay. This is actually going to be a good Iron Bowl. We all thought Alabama was going to go into or go go to the Plains and steamroll them. And so, um, but for me, it was it was I loved seeing the maize and blue just run all over those pansies from Columbus. <laughs> yeah, I never go into the Iron Bowl thinking that it's not going to be good. That game to me, it just always delivers. I enjoy it each and every year, and you just get so many memorable plays. Now, last year the 2022 version was not very good. And they have some blowouts here and there, but for the most part, these two, uh, they go at it tooth and nail. And so now, Fiddy, I'll ask you, I'll, I'll start it there. I thought Ryan Day, to me, it hasn't happened yet, so I guess it won't happen, but I thought that he should have been fired because, or he should be fired because I'm like, you get out coached like that, you get out class, lose three straight to Michigan, and then you lose to the interim coach, not even Coach Harbaugh. We know he was... Uh, in the locker room, perhaps, or something like that, since he couldn't be on the sidelines. But I just thought that that was ridiculous. Maurice Claret chimed in and said that, Ryan, you're my guy, but you got to go. Nine million a year to lose three in a row to Michigan. Uh, what say you guys, Fiddy? What do you think? I know you love to fire people. That's why I started with you. I mean, look, I am fired guy. Whenever I have the authority to fire people, I'm going to be the David Tepper of radio, so everyone needs to watch out. He, no, I, I, I think it's right because at that school – you get judged more so than anything on that game. It's called the game for a reason. Like, yeah, they want to win the Rose Bowl. They want to win national championships. But you're going to do that if you can beat Michigan. And it's three straight years. It's the same fashion. And this year, Jim Harbaugh wasn't even on the other sidelines when you got out, Coach. So, yeah, I think they'd be justified in firing them. And they'd probably bring back Urban Meyer because they're pathetic. They probably would. I don't think he should be fired. We saw this with Jim Harbaugh even longer, and he held on to the job, and now he's doing a great job with Michigan. I don't think Ryan Day should be fired. I think he's too good of a coach to lose his job. Even if it's a big game, don't think that should mean he doesn't have a job at Ohio State anymore. Yeah, and so uh, real quick, uh, Mike Elko took the job, texting him officially, had the press conference yesterday. I mean, $7 million a year. That was going to be hard for Duke to compete with, I feel like. I don't think – I think Duke's making more of a commitment to football, but not enough to pay a coach $7 million a year. Texas A&M spending big Skrilla on coaches right now. It's the only way that you were going to get them, right? It's the money because the expectations are way too high for what I have as the expectations. And he knew he had them over a barrel. So the money is just too much. 